Well, it's good to be back among you. I want to say thank you for your prayers for me, not only for the time in Hong Kong and the Philippines, but even in recovering from this cold which I acquired in the Philippines. Uh, if you know who Lapu-Lapu was, uh, this is Lapu-Lapu's revenge. Lapu-Lapu was the one, by the way, who killed uh, Magellan, who did not make it around the world. He died in the Philippines. Anyway, um, it's good to be back. You didn't get me. Um, he tried. Well, those who attend here regularly know uh, that uh, there are some verses I quote frequently, which indicate that those who are saved are changed. That... Uh, for example, one in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. If you've heard me quote that verse once, it's been, I don't know, maybe not a hundred times, but many times. Another verse I love to quote is John 10.27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. But I've never, to my remembrance, uh, expounded that verse here, and so we're going to do that tonight. So open with me in your Bibles to John chapter 10, and we'll read the chapter down to verse 30, John 10, verse 1 to verse 30, uh, because as we've been singing about the Good Shepherd, this chapter is about the Good Shepherd, the shepherd who loved his sheep who gave himself up for them, the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. And we're going to be remembering him even in the supper later tonight. John chapter 10, verse 1 to 30. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the, the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, because they know his voice. And a stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him, because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were which he had been saying to them. Jesus therefore again and said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He was a hireling and not a shepherd, and who is not the owner of the sheep, beholds the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hireling and is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep, which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they shall hear my voice, and they shall become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one has taken away from me, 
but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my father. There arose a division again among the Jews because of these words, and many of them were saying, He has a demon and is insane. Why do you listen to him? Others were saying, These are not the sayings of one demon possessed. A demon cannot open the eyes of the blind, can he? At that time, the feast of the dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. The Jews therefore gathered around him and were saying to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you did not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these bear witness of me. But you do not believe, because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Well, let's pray and ask that God would open our hearts and minds to receive and believe the word of the Lord Jesus. Even as we heard this morning that how shall they hear him without a preacher? As I preach, may the voice of the shepherd be heard, speaking through his word by the Spirit to your hearts, and may it bear much fruit. Let's ask for that help tonight. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, as we approach this passage, which is precious to many of us, we ask that you would make it more precious yet by coming by your Spirit, opening our hearts to receive it. We see that many of the Jews heard these words and did not understand them, did not perceive what they meant, and even thought that they were demonic or evil words or insane words. But we, by your Spirit's help, know better. And we love these words. We love the Father's voice. We love the Shepherd's voice. And we ask that even as Jesus said, my sheep, listen to my voice, that each of us here tonight would be found to be your sheep. We think of those who are yet outside the kingdom. We ask that they might hear the shepherd speaking tonight and turn and believe and be saved. We ask for your sheep that you would guide us, lead us, that we would follow the shepherd, follow you wherever you lead. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, in this passage, Jesus calls his people sheep. Now, actually, from what I understand about the animal, I've, I've never owned a sheep. I've never uh, really hung around sheep that much. But from what I understand, sheep are not exactly the smartest animals. And so it's not really a very flattering thing to be called a sheep because they are rather stupid. They rather easily go astray. They're weak and helpless. Uh, but one thing is true about sheep. They are very dependent upon their shepherd. They, as we hear, as we read in this passage, they hear their shepherd's voice and they follow him. The one that they know, they're dependent upon him to lead them in and out to pasture, to guide them, to protect them. 
They're very dependent creatures in that way. Isn't that true of Christians? We depend on our good shepherd. We lean upon the everlasting arms. We delight to have his care. And so may we indeed reflect that character of a sheep to the good shepherd. But in this past, in this chapter, there's so many, <coughs> excuse me, still have a little bit of that cough left. Uh, Je Jesus gives us some precious promises. Let me just uh, outline or, or mention a few of them. Verse three, we read of his tender, individual loving care. He says, uh, the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And can you sheep here tonight think of that even that first time you heard the shepherd's voice as it were and it's like he had you in his crosshairs he was calling you by name he calls his own by name there's individual care but then there's his sustaining provision verse 9 if i am the door if anyone enters through me he shall be saved and go in and out and find pasture it's not just that you're saved and boom, it's done. And then he has nothing more to do with you. He's, he's saved you and you got a ticket to heaven. And that's it. No, you find pasture. He leads you to the still waters and the green pastures. There's that care and provision from the good shepherd. There's a promise of abundant life. Verse 10, I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. And how do we get that life? We get it through his death. I have come that they might have life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. It's his life given that grants us life. Life through his death. There's the promise of eternal life. Verse 28, and I give eternal life to them. All right, now we have it. But of course, eternal life is looking forward eternity eternity where will you be in eternity i know where i'll be because i have eternal life from the good shepherd and there's the promise that they will never perish but be kept safe in the hands of jesus no one shall snatch them out of my hand and in the hands of the father in heaven my father who is greater than all has given them to me and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand this has been called the doctrine of eternal security. And it is a doctrine. It is in the scriptures. Eternal security. We might term it also the preservation of the saints. God keeps his own. They're in his hands. And they're safe in his hands. What precious promises. But we're going to look this evening, especially at verses 26 and 27, because you see, many take this promise of eternal security and say, okay, I made my decision. I signed the card. I prayed the sinner's prayer and I'll never perish. But wait a minute. Are you a true sheep? Because you see, this promise is for those who are sheep. My sheep, they're the ones that I will keep in my hands. No one is able to snatch them. Who are the sheep? That's our question tonight. And so without further ado, let's look at four things that mark the sheep. Now, verse 27 has three, but we'll go back to verse 26 and pick up the first one. 
And the first one is, Jesus' sheep believe. And just to mention them, Jesus' sheep hear his voice. Jesus knows his sheep. Jesus' sheep follow him. These are the four marks of Jesus' sheep. Well, let's pick up then the first one. Jesus' sheep believe. Verse 26 is rather shocking in the way that it's phrased. My sheep believe. No, that's not what it says. It says, to these Jews who questioned him, who challenged him, who were even saying these are the sayings of a one who is insane, Jesus said to them, you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. Now, we would expect, and many people would have written this in their theology, you are not of my sheep because you do not believe. But that's not what Jesus said. What Jesus said is really shocking. You don't believe because you're not my sheep. In other words, Jesus has marked out from eternity past in the Father's choice of election, in the Father's sovereign work of salvation, Jesus has a people given to him by the Father who are termed his sheep. And these ones who are marked out by this distinction of what we would call predestination, don't be afraid of the word, it's in the Bible, of election, it's in the Bible. My sheep, these are the ones and they only are the ones who believe. And it's not just this verse. If you think, well, wait a minute, maybe that got switched around. Philippians 1.29. Let me just quote a few more verses. For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Well, let's just parse that. To you it has been granted, it is a gift to believe. It's not that you believed and therefore you were granted salvation. To you it has been granted for Christ's sake to believe in him and to suffer for his sake. 1 Corinthians 1.30 But by his doing you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. By his doing. It's not your almighty choice. It's not your almighty will. It's not of the will of man. This is a bold, bold, clear statement of God's sovereignty in salvation. You may not like it. That's what it says. And that's what it means. Another verse, Acts 13, 48. Paul's missionary journey. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life, believed. God is sovereign in salvation. As, jo uh, as Jonah had to confess, salvation is of the Lord. If you're saved, it's his doing. And you say, all glory be to his name. All praise. It's not my almighty decision. I don't pick myself up by my bootstraps. It's God who saved me from beginning to end. All praise and honor and glory to him. Jesus' sheep believe. There's the statement. Jesus' sheep, what marks them? If we do put this in a positive side, 
You believe because you are my sheep. So what marks Jesus' sheep? As opposed to the rest, Jesus' sheep believe. Think we can put it that way from this verse? Those who are not his sheep don't believe. Those who are his sheep, marked out from eternity, what is an evidence that they're his sheep? They believe. They come to faith. They trust in Jesus. They have no confidence in the flesh. They're not looking to themselves and boasting of what they have done. Where is boasting? It is excluded. By grace, by faith, it is excluded. It is not of your works. It is of his doing. It is by grace. You're saved through faith. And that's not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works lest any should boast. And so let's apply this for a moment. If a mark of Jesus' sheep is that they believe, uh, maybe you might conclude after reading verse 26 and say, well, wait a minute, Uh, maybe I'm not a sheep and that's why I don't believe. And so uh, I guess there's really nothing I can do. You know, if if I'm a sheep, I'm going to believe. If I'm not a sheep, uh, if I am a sheep, I'll believe. If I'm not, it's all over. Forget about it. And so I'll, I'll just sit back and do nothing. Is that a proper response to this text? That might be logical. It might be what many would say and in their, well, maybe despair or maybe relief and say, okay, I'm not a sheep, so I can get away with sin now. No, let's just back up a second. Let's take the Philippian jailer. When the Philippian jailer in Acts chapter 16 asked the apostle Paul, What must I do to be saved? With desperation in his voice, he had been ready to kill himself. What must I do to be saved? Did Paul say to him, well, you know, there's really nothing you can do. You know, if if you're a sheep, you'll be saved. If you're not, well, forget about it. You know, just uh, toss up your hands and, and cry in despair. Well, here I am, you know, if I'm a sheep, I'll be saved. If not, pshh. You know, take a coin out, flip it and say, uh, you know, I'm a sheep. Or take a, a, a clover, you know, and pick the petals and say, you know, uh, a flower. I'm elect. I'm not elect. I'm elect. I'm not elect. Which one is left? It's not like that way. What did Paul say to the Philippian jailer? What must I do to be saved? He told him, believe. Because if you're a sheep, you'll believe. If you're not, you won't. But what does that mean that you ought to do? Is it do nothing? No. It's a call to each and every one. Believe. And if you believe, you look around and say, none can come to me unless the Father draw him. Well, I must have been drawn because otherwise I wouldn't have believed. But it's your responsibility and it's God's call to you to believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. So don't go on in your stubborn unbelief. That was God's fault. You know, I'm not saved. It's his doing. He's calling you tonight. Believe. Trust. Don't put confidence in yourself. Well, you know, 
I'm a self-made man. I've done this much so far, and I'll keep on going. You go to hell your own way. All we like sheep have gone astray. Well, yeah, sheep can do that. But if you're a real sheep of Jesus Christ, you will believe. How do I know? You believe. <laughs> and then you know. So don't sit back and wait for some kind of sign. I remember Pastor Martin preaching on justification. And justification is an act of God's free grace unto sinners. And he said, not elect sinners. Don't look for some sign you're elect. Oh, you know, you're going to have a letter E marked on your forehead. You know, letter E. I'm elect. I got this mark here. There's no mark. What's the difference between an elect sinner and a non-elect sinner? Well, they look the same. An elect sinner is going to believe. You say, well, how do I know if I'm elect? You believe! And the call to you is, just like Paul said to that Philippian jailer, believe. Oh, wow. That's what God did. And you don't claim any praise for yourself or pat yourself on the back. You say, that's what God did. All praise to him. But you believe. Come to faith in Christ. So that's the first thing. Jesus' sheep believe. Another thing about Jesus' sheep, Jesus' sheep hear his voice. And, and, you know, this is something that will encourage you if you might not be yet recognize you're a sheep. You might not yet be yet in faith. What should you do? Well, you listen to his voice. And this starts out with the hearing of effectual calling. Jesus' sheep hear the gospel call. We heard about that gospel uh, preparation for the feet. And, and Paul prayed in, in 2 Thessalonians 3.1, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run and be glorified. Well, I pray that God's word will run and that you'll hear it tonight for the first time. When that gospel call comes and you hear his voice and you said, Master, yes, I'm the sinner. I, I was a wandering sheep. I, was, I would not be controlled. Could you relate to that when we sang that earlier? I was a wayward child. Now, maybe outwardly you looked very good. Maybe outwardly you never even stole a candy from the store. But you know in your heart what you were. I was a wayward child. I never stole a candy. But I was a wayward child. I would not be controlled. I wanted my way. Oh, God graciously came. I heard the gospel since I was knee high to a grasshopper. But it fell on deaf ears until that day when that call came, arrested me in my waywardness. Can you remember that day, brother, sister? Maybe it was a process. Maybe it wasn't a snap of the fingers. Maybe it was a, like, the, you know, you saw men like trees walking. Maybe it was like a gradual uh, coming of the dawn. But you turn from darkness to light. If you're a Christian. Gradually or suddenly, you heard that effectual call. And you say, I'm my beloved's and he is mine. And his banner over me is love. You know, others hear it just like these Jews, and they say, he's got a demon. He's, he's, he's insane. This is nuts. 
Maybe you're there thinking this gospel's nuts, but you know, he's able to flip that around. Others hear it. They don't seem to get anything out of it. But God's still on his throne. And he can flip that around. We sang one of my favorite hymns along this line. I was a wandering sheep. Another one, Jehovah Tzidkenu, not in our hymnal. Uh, it was a hymn by Robert Murray McShane. Jehovah Tzidkenu is the Hebrew for the Lord, our righteousness. And he wrote this hymn. I once was a stranger to grace and to God. I knew not my danger and felt not my load. Though friends spoke in rapture of Christ on the tree. So Jehovah Tzidkenu was nothing to me. I oft read with pleasure to soothe or engage Isaiah's wild measure or John's simple page. But even when they pictured the blood-sprinkled tree, Jehovah Tzidkenu seemed nothing to me. See, that's the before picture. But now we come to the after picture. When free grace awoke me by light from on high, then legal fear shook me. I trembled to die. No refuge, no safety in self could I see. Jehovah Tzidkenu, my savior, must be. My terrors all vanished before the sweet name. My guilty fears banished with boldness I came to drink at the fountain life giving and free. Jehovah Tzidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness, is all things to me. The transition from darkness to light, from death, death to life, from the kingdom of Satan to the dominion of God's dear son. This is what he's describing. Do you remember that? Is Jesus nothing to you? Well, my prayer is just as God sovereignly did in his effectual call with this sinner, with many sinners here tonight, that tonight would be the night when the Lord, our righteousness, would come with sovereign, overwhelming love and mercy and grace and convince your soul. He did it. For many in this room, your parents may be, your grandparents may be, he can do it for you. Come to him. But then there's not only this hearing of effectual calling. You see, it's a present tense verb. Not only do Jesus' sheep hear his voice at the entrance to life, but all along the way. My sheep listen to my voice. It's present tense. They keep on listening. They listen how? In preaching. That's why you're here. You know, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I come to church if I didn't get a good night's sleep and it's a struggle to stay awake. So if I see people nodding during my preaching, I don't blame you. Maybe it was a bad night's sleep. Maybe I'm a bad preacher. But I want to get your attention. Because you see, it's important for a sheep to keep listening. So keep listening. When we were little, and we sometimes didn't hear my parents and what they were saying, my dad would say, tune up your zenith. Well, you have to be old. A zenith was a brand of radio. Tune up your zenith. 
Well, tune up your zenith and listen to the shepherd as he speaks through the word. As he speaks in your Bible meditation day by day, when you read your Bible, remember, it's the shepherd. He's talking to you. He's got something to say to you. And when you open your Bible in the morning, I hope you do. You say, Lord, speak to me. What do you have for me today? You know, maybe when you come home, men, to dinner and your wife's setting, laying it out, and you say, what do you got, honey? Well, come to your Bible that way. What do you got, Lord? What goodies are you going to lay before me? My sheep hear my voice. They listen to my voice. But then the next thing we see about Jesus' sheep, they believe, they listen to his voice, and we see thirdly, and I know them. Jesus knows his sheep. Now the fact is, of course, Jesus knows those who are his. For 2 Timothy 2.19, <coughs> Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands having the seal. The Lord knows those who are his. No, make no mistake about it. If you're a Christian, God knows who you are. You know, there's no such thing as a secret Christian that God doesn't know about. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord abstain from wickedness. Because you see, if you're his, it should be evident in other ways. Jesus knows them intimately. You know, brethren, that's a comfort to us. Jesus knows who you are. Yeah. He knows you better than your spouse. Have you been married 40 years or almost 40 as Carol and I have been? You know, you, you get to where you can almost tell what the person's thinking. Almost. Sometimes they surprise you. But God knows you better than that. The Lord Jesus knows you inside out. He knows when you're trying to hide something. You can't get away with it. He knows you. Fess up. Go to him. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He knows when you're struggling. He knows when you're grieved. He knows when you're depressed. He knows when you're sorrowful. He knows... And he's able to comfort. He knows, not only knows and say, oh man, that's bad. I don't know what to do about it. He knows how to minister to you. You go to the good shepherd. There's a balm in Gilead. There's a savior who cares for you. Having loved his own who are in the world, we read in this book of John, he loved them to the uttermost. That's what kind of intimate knowledge Jesus has. But notice, too, that this is a reciprocal knowledge. Go back to verse 14. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. You see, there's the other side of it. He knows us, but we know him. Oh, we don't know him perfectly like he knows us. We shall one day know him better. But we do know him. 
I am my beloved's and he is mine. Do you know the Lord Jesus? Do you know this Savior? Can you honestly say, not just, oh, I know some doctrine about him. Oh, I know that he's son of God, son of man. He was born of a virgin, uh, lived 30 plus years and ministered and went about doing good. I, I, do you know him? Jesus, my Savior is. The shepherd sought his child. Do you know the Savior? Do you know the shepherd? Do you hear his voice? You see, it's a relationship. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they know me. Verse 14. But then the third thing or the fourth thing rather. And they follow me. This grows out of hearing and knowing him. You don't follow someone you don't know. You know, kids, somebody comes to your door and says, come here, sonny. You say, uh-uh. A stranger? You don't go with him. Mom and dad have told you that. You heard it from Pastor Steve. Don't go with him. A stranger they will not follow, Jesus said. But if you know him... You listen to him. You've heard his voice calling you out of darkness to light. That effectual call and that daily leading and guiding. You'll follow him. You're not going to follow a stranger. He goes before them. The sheep follow him. They know his voice, verse 4 said. But notice that this following is unconditional. It's not of, you know, that you say to Jesus, all right, you know, that, that sounds good to me. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on that one. And then Jesus says something else and you say, well, you know, eh, not today. No, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They know me and they keep on continual present tense. Follow me. Unconditional, no excuses, no exceptions, no ifs, ands, buts or maybes. Not only when it's easy, not only when it feels good, not only when it lines up with my agenda, not only when it makes me happy. God wants us to be happy, right? No, God wants us to be holy first and foremost. Even if it means persecution, even if it means hardship, like a good soldier of Jesus Christ endure hardship. That's not what the health, wealth, happy, happy gospel says, but that's what the Bible says. When there are obstacles, we jump. We keep on going because we hear the shepherd, we follow him. Now, this is not an option. This is not, well, if you're a super sheep, then you do this. This is for every sheep. My sheep. If you're Jesus' sheep, oh, you're not perfect yet, of course, yeah. But you want to follow him. You say, Lord, help me follow better. Help me follow more steady. Help me follow more carefully, more continually. I want to follow you because your way is best. So this is what we see of Jesus' sheep. What are the four marks they believe? They listen to his voice. They have a relationship with him. They know him and he knows them. And they follow him. And so 
as we wrap up this evening, are you a sheep? You believe? You listen to him? You know him? He knows you? You follow him? Well, if you follow him, what does Jesus say to you? Let's just work this out a little bit. He says to you, well, just a few examples, just kind of chosen at random. Throw them out there like a shotgun. Let all bitterness, wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Do you have any bitterness? Are you harboring some resentment against maybe a brother or sister here in this congregation? Let it be put away. That's what Jesus says. His, listen to the voice of the shepherd and follow him. Take that bitterness and throw it in the trash. And be kind. Tender-hearted. Yeah, even to that one. How about husbands love your wives? Yeah, but, but, but my wife. Yeah, yeah, her too. Especially her. <laughs> That's the only one you got. Love her. Wives, submit your husbands as to the Lord. They may not be the best leaders. They may not be, you know, General Douglas MacArthur. They may, may not be uh, George Patton, but you better follow them. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Don't forget it. What a blessing the Sabbath is. Call the Sabbath a delight. Is that hard? We meet with God's people. We hear his word. We don't have to do the trash of the world or even the good things of working for your living and the, you know, they're good things, but you can set them aside. I remember as a student, when I realized this commandment, it was like, I don't have to study. And it's pleasing to God that I don't study. And my grades went up. What a blessing the Lord's day is. Listen to the shepherd. Just a few examples. As a church, Trinity Baptist Church, you know, th this is one thing that marks this church in its history. And Pastor Martin, of course, emphasized this from day one of his ministry here way back in uh, North Caldwell, that... We're going to do what the scripture says. We're going to go God's way. God's work done God's way will not lack God's blessing. And we're going to keep going that way. What does the shepherd say? That's what we're going to follow. Not what do the church growth gurus say? Not what does the culture say? What does the shepherd say? That's what we're all about here. Let's keep it that way. Now, honestly speaking, do you follow the shepherd? Honestly. Every day? In every way? No, we have to admit. Sometimes it works like this. The sheep is following the shepherd. And the shepherd says, come along here. Let's go to the green pasture. And the sheep's following along. And then he sees this looks like a very delicious plant over there. He says, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll be there just a minute. And he starts nibbling here. And, oh, it's enticing. 
Oh, and maybe even very tasty. And he goes a little further and a little further. And before you know it, he's right at the precipice. Which means like falling over the cliff. And the shepherd comes with his rod and his staff. And he comforts that sheep. Whack! And what does the shepherd do with rod and staff? You know what he does. He comforts them. <laughs> like kids need comforting sometimes. We need it. What do you do when the shepherd comforts you in this way? <clears throat> I was really loving that tasty stuff. You say, thank you, shepherd. Thank you for preserving me. Thank you for calling me back from the precipice. What a shepherd. So if you're a Christian, we have, we're, we're blessed. You know, thrice happy he who can call Jesus his shepherd. Look at what he says. You know, I give you eternal life. I, I will preserve you. No one can snatch you out. What a blessing to have such a shepherd. Eternal life, eternal life. If you're not a Christian, you've been wandering. You say, well, you know, I'm, I'm just not a sheep. That's just the way it is. I'm so I... How do you know? How do you know you're not a sheep? Well, I don't believe. I don't listen to the shepherd. I don't know him. I don't follow him. Okay, but wait a minute. He's calling you tonight. And he's saying, believe. Oh, no, I'm not a sheep. Well, but, 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 but how do you know? Maybe you are. And maybe you should believe. And you ought to believe. And I'm telling you. Because that's what God's word says. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be saved. And that's his promise. But, but I'm not a sheep. Well, how do you know? Don't look in your heart and say, well, am I a sheep or you say, Jesus sheep believe? I want to be, I want to believe. I'm going to believe tonight. My sheep hear my voice. I hear him calling me. And I remember, and I was, it was before my 17th birthday. I heard the shepherd's voice. I turned from my waywardness, my stubbornness. Yeah, I wasn't perfect. Still not there yet. But what a blessing. I've never, dear young people, hear me. I've never looked back and said, oh man, I miss all that stuff in the world. That's the devil's lie. It's the worm that he puts on the hook. There's a hook. Turn from it. And trust in the Lord Jesus. And as we take the Lord's Supper tonight, I want you to take it with thankfulness, with joy, that we have a good shepherd who called us, saved us how? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's what this bread and this cup is all about. It's about our shepherd. Who didn't just say, look, follow me and I'll, I'll give you a happy life. He said, I'm going to lay down my life to save you from your sin. Hear me. 
Come to me. Believe me. Follow me. What did he do? He gave himself. The good shepherd. Let's eat and drink with thankful hearts. What a blessing to be his sheep. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this supper of remembrance. We thank you for this passage that we've considered tonight. We thank you for our good shepherd, the Lord Jesus, who sought us, who found us, who bound us, who healed us, who saved us, delivered us from the wrath to come, gives us eternal life, protects us from the wiles of the devil, the enticement of the world, and the weakness of our own flesh. We pray this evening for every one of your true sheep. Help us to keep hearing, to keep listening, to maintain that relationship of intimate knowledge, and to keep following no matter what. For those who are not in faith, call them tonight. Oh, Lord, you know your own. Other sheep you have who are not yet of the fold, call them, bring them by your sovereign grace and power. And to you be all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen.